Welcome to Crossroad Church's Sermon of the Week podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Bob Ellis. Well, welcome to Crossroads Church. Glad that you are with us here on this Sunday evening edition. Uh, so glad that you could join us uh, for a few moments and just wanted to share with you uh, a series that we're starting. We're excited to start it. And it's and it's titled, you've guessed it, you can probably tell by the, the red shirt I'm wearing, the month that we're in, it's about love. And we're going to tackle uh, this subject about God's love. And, and hopefully along the way, we're going to discover the, the depth of his love for us a little more. But we're also probably going to, our eyes are going to be open to a few things that Maybe it was never said in the first place. Uh, there's different things that weren't said that we've injected into Scripture and we've assumed, and 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 hopefully this journey will be uh, in, enlightening and inspiring for all of us. But we we want us to look at at the love of God and what He says. And so to start with, you probably guessed where I was going to go, but uh, I thought let's let's go to probably the most um, quoted most often thought about passage when someone says, well, does God love us? Well, yeah, John 3.16 says God loves us. And I'm not going to get into the backstory of Nicodemus and all that's going on. We uh, we had a, a message not too long ago where, where that was covered, and, and, and I'm not sure I could add any more to that. That was pretty amazing. But but I do want us to look at the, uh, the verses there at 16 and, and thereafter down to verse 21. The Bible says, for God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And so this is a verse that, depending on which version you've, you've memorized it in as a kid, or, or maybe if you're hearing it for the first time, I, that's awesome as well. But I want you to understand that, that God loved us to the point that he sent Jesus. Now, now, a lot of, I was reading um, a very, uh, a very amazing commentary. And so this is a, this is a professor of, of theology and, 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 uh, and Bible at uh, Asbury Seminary. And his name is Craig Keener. And he's got a book. Uh, he's got a commentary on the gospel of John. And that's, I've got that one. It's, it's pretty thick. And this is just one volume. And, and so he's just, he's, he's kind of a, uh, a foremost scholar and uh, and on this subject and and the the Gospel of John just a great commentary great read I've been digging back into it and when when I knew I was going to be in John I'm like oh let me go get see what what he's written on the subject and and one of the things that he brought out as I was reading this was a lot of people will put a focus on the word so in that verse for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. His only begotten son, however your translation is. And 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 it's and he said that's a that's a common uh interpretation, or he can see why a modern interpretation of that would would come to that conclusion. Yet he quotes from the Greek and he says this is more of a a, a qualitative rather than a quantitative uh, word that fits in here, and it's it's hutos. And, and it's, this is probably how he would have translated this or how he understands his translation. He says, this is how God loved the world. Now, I don't think that takes away the so, but, but I think we got to be careful that we're not injecting words that the Bible isn't saying. For instance, God doesn't say anywhere in here, I love you. In fact, 
he goes on to to search the the Gospel of John. He says, nowhere in the Gospel of John does the Bible say, I love you. Nowhere. Nowhere. And, And I found that fascinating because I think my whole life, at least I've I've always thought that verse said, I love you. Now, I do think that verse says, I love you, but God doesn't say those words. What he's saying is, let me tell you or show you how much I love you. And that is the best way I can can tell you is not in words, but in Jesus. Now I think the the it's always been it's it's a shame that the the previous generation is made fun of because oh they're too tough or or maybe or maybe they just never said the words I love you that wasn't something that was they weren't very emotional in that way and maybe my generation is better about saying to our kids I love you um but the words at least generations back in the 50s and 60s isn't that funny? Now we're going to have to start qualifying that to say the 1950s and 60s because we're in the tw- the, the 2020s. Isn't that amazing? We're, we're going to have to really fix that. Um, but in the 50s, 60s, and maybe even early 70s, people just didn't go around saying, I, I, I love you uh, it, 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 to their kids necessarily. It was more of a, they, they showed them how much they loved them. And and they and they demonstrated their love by how they raised them, how they took care of them, and and so here in John he says, "For God loved the world this way, so much so, or how He loved them was by giving us Jesus." Um, it's all if it's all about love, and that's what we're going to be looking at this next month. Then, then how how did God describe His love, or how does God show His love? Well, it's not necessarily words, though it is with the word of life or the bread of life with Jesus. For the early, for the early followers of um, of Judaism and even the the Jewish converts to Christianity and in, in John's audience, many of them would probably have, as as Keener draws out in his commentary, would have would have probably reflected back of how God was in the Old Testament. He gave them promises. He gave them the law, the commandments. He set them apart as a people. He gave them a land. In fact, in, the, in, the, in this gospel of John, the word give appears 63 times. 63 times this theme is running through the gospel of John. God is a giving God, and, and God shows his love for us by giving. Now, he gives us a lot of things. He, he gives us uh, and as it frequently occurs here, the scripture teaches us that he gives us commands and he gives us authority. He promises that one day he'll give us glory and, and, and he's given us a role in his plan, a purpose. Um, he's given us an opportunity also for salvation. Uh, John also talks about how he would give the spirit and and he would also give the disciples whatever they would ask for in his name. Jesus then teaches his disciples giving. So God expressed his love to people, to the world, by giving Jesus. It's through giving that he said, I love you. 
John, the, the gospel of the John is written by one of uh, most have considered uh, most theologians and historians would say one of the youngest of the disciples, if not the youngest disciple. And in, in other references, it, it uh, John himself speaks about how, because uh, he's writing kind of in, a, in the third person, he says, uh, the one Jesus loved. It had been assumed that uh, it, there was this you know, this kind of little ongoing, I don't know if it was rumor or joke or, or how the disciples, but you know, you always have this idea that, oh, that's the favorite, that's the teacher's pet. Well, for the older disciples, they could tell that Jesus had a special place for John in his heart. And uh, and so John even feels this, and and he refers to himself as the one Jesus loved. Yet nowhere in his gospel does he say, Jesus said, I love you. But he showed it through what he gave, through what God gave. And he passed that on to us. He loved us by giving. In other words, it's a how. It's an action. And, and just for a moment, let me just just kind of go off on a little bit, hopefully not a tangent or a rabbit trail here, but we've spent a lot of time as believers being told, just have to be sincere. I covered this last week uh, at, at Crossroads Church when I was preaching, and I don't remember which service, and but I remember emphasizing a little bit that that you can be sincere and sincerely wrong. You can just know beyond a shadow of a doubt that, that your way is the right way, and it can be the wrong way. And I referred to the Apostle Paul who, who tortured Christians and had them thrown in jail, and, and he cast their vote for some of them to even be put to death. He was sincere. He thought he was protecting the Old Testament way of following God. And in the end, he experienced an encounter with God that changed his way of thinking. He was sincere, but sincerely wrong. And then I think we can be sincerely wrong about how we understand and interpret God's love. I think we can think he, he loves us so much that he's going to look past everything that we do. That so almost becomes a, an emphasis on everything else in that verse. Let's, let's keep reading. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but he, but he have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people have loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. <sighs> Here's where it gets a little interesting. We've, we've been taught, and I'm not saying we've been taught by everybody who's taught us, but I'm, I'm using we in the, the general sense of the church and some churches don't do this. Some churches are zero focused on, on what I'm about to say. But I do believe there, the, the preponderance of teaching in America today is much more of a um, tell God you love him. But look what it says. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. How do we show 
our love to God. Well, I told God I love him, so I'm covered. Is that really what Scripture says? The Bible doesn't say here in the Gospel of John that God says, I love you, and so it is that you're saved. He never says that. In fact, here it says, whoever, go back to the, go back to verse, verse 17, no, verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned. Um, I read in here as I was studying for this passage, um, a thought about judgment and and people struggle sometimes with the with the concept of judgment that how could a loving God judge us? Well, what's happened is because sin entered into the world, everything will be judged. In fact, everything is and stands condemned. Everything is on this pathway towards judgment and condemnation. And and that's not a love concept that people can wrap their arms around. And in fact, to, to think about it that way is, is, is if, wait a minute, what about this nice um, fluffy image of love that we have about God? The Bible says the world has been condemned and there was only one way to avoid this condemnation and this eternity separated from God and this was God needed to give the only thing that could be given so that you and I could get the only thing that would save us, Jesus. The world stands condemned. You and I stand condemned unless we believe in the gift. Now, later on it ties in and says this is the verdict. Light has come. Darkness is fleeing and has fled because darkness can't stand in the presence of of the light. But the world loved darkness. And then it says, instead of light, their deeds were what they did. You can tell God, I love you all day long. And this may go contrary to what you've been taught. You can tell God you love him all day long. But in the end, the scripture says, people love darkness and evil more than they loved light, more than they loved what was given. The, the scripture teaches us here that God's love, if it's all about love and God is giving us love through Jesus, then what are we giving? Now, And then I know what's getting ready to happen is you're going to say, wow, man, that, that really feels like that I've got to do something. God did something. The generation previous to mine was maybe not a I love you generation, but they showed their love to their children. And even probably my grandparents' generation, they probably weren't going around saying, I love you, honey. I love you, sweetie. Hey, great strikeout. Go give it another try next time. No, our, my generation is, oh, that's good. That's good. Go, go back. You got it. You got it. Uh. When our kids fail, we're, like, we love you. What does that have to do with a ball game? We're so worried about their self-esteem and falling, and, and, and I get that. I, I mean, I get we have a, a lot of pressures put on kids these days. But my parents and my grandparents' generation, it wasn't a I love you, love you, love you, lovey-dovey type of thing. It was, it was a little bit more like this in Scripture. 
This is how they loved us. They took care of us. They gave us all that we needed to live. They provided a safe and a secure place for us. So the scripture says, this is how God has shown his love to you and to me by giving Jesus. And I want to just finish up by by reading a little later where it says, if you love me, Jesus says, keep my commands. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him. For he lives in you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. But you will see me because I live in you. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. I I know this puts a maybe a heavy weight on our past sins. It's, it's, what do I do when I've, I've messed up royally? Where do I go? Can I just say, God, I love you? I want to end by, by sharing, and, and I didn't look it up, and I'm not going to give you the right quote, but I just want to share from my heart the passage where, where, where Peter has denied Jesus. And Jesus is taken, he's crucified, He's resurrected, and there's rumors of his resurrection. Some have seen him, and, and, and Peter is, is really in need of, um, of forgiveness. Peter denied him three times, having known him, because he was himself was afraid of being tortured like Jesus was about to be tortured. And Jesus meets him one day. He returned to fishing, and Jesus is on the seashore. Maybe you remember the, uh, the end of that passage where... He gets out of the boat and he goes and Jesus is on the shore preparing a meal. And Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, Lord, you know everything. You know I love you. Then Jesus asked him a second time, Peter, do you love me? And Peter's starting to get a little discouraged now. And he says, Lord, you know everything. I love you. Then the third time Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? Now, Peter at this point is broken. He says, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. And Jesus' response to him was, then go feed my sheep. Don't stand around here telling me how much you love me. Go do what I've called you to do. Go feed my sheep. There is is space in God's kingdom for failures, for our sins. He's made a way for that. And maybe you sin and you're like, how do I keep doing that? How do I keep messing up? And He says he'll send us the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth will convict us and get us back on the right track. And we can talk about forgiveness and and guilt and, and moving on that another day. But I want you to see something. God never said, I loved you. He showed it. He expressed how much he loved us by giving us Jesus. But his expectation is summed up well right here at the end where it says, 
Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Let's go keep his commands and, and tell God how much we love him. Would it be said about us that, it, it, would it be said about our love that it wasn't a uh, I love you, but it was a how we loved you kind of love? Let's pray. God, we thank you for your love. Can't wait to continue digging into this passage. Pray that you would continue to teach us. Lord, have patience with us. Have patience with me. Um, Lord, would you continue through your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about this podcast and other ministries, visit crossroadstx.church. Thank you.